Well, good morning once again, and welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. I'm glad to see you all here. My name is Bruce, and I'm on staff here as another one of the associate pastors. And one of my primary roles here at OCC is working with our student ministry, our junior high and high school students. Uh, But for the past few weeks, I've had the privilege of being here in the main service and walking through this message series called Hometowns, while uh, our senior pastor, Josh, and, and a team of others have been in Germany doing some missions work. But they just got back. Everyone's officially back and recovering from jet lag and all that, which I'm really excited to have have our our team back. But we're right in the middle of this message series called Hometowns. And what we've been looking at is the built-in need that we have for a meaningful community. Because when God made us, you know, God's the creator of each one of us, of everything that has life on on earth. And he made us with a built-in desire for a hometown community. Not necessarily a, a small town in rural America, but, but actually just a, a place where you have meaningful relationships and, and it's a place where you feel like you belong. You know, a place where you can walk in and, and, and people know you, they know stuff about you and they still like you and, you and you know stuff about people and you still like them and you have this deep bond that has formed over time and, and there's, a, there's a comfort, there's a sense of, hey, these are, these are my people, like this is my group, this, I have a deep connection here. And in America, you can find... This kind of rich community, no matter where you are on the map. And, you know, so if you pull out the continental map of the United States and you, you pinpoint where you are, you can still have this rich community because uh, what we have through Jesus Christ is not geographical, it's, it's built on relationships. And so that's a major advantage that we have, uh, uh, people who follow Jesus Christ. But in every city and town, it seems that there, there tends to be people that want to pull away from society and just go live in the hills. And they, they, maybe they resist being around other people. They could be, uh, maybe they had experiences socially that, that just make someone kind of want to keep people at arm's length or shun typical social interactions. And they just try to make it through life in isolation. Maybe development passes them by. You know, they're not concerned with like, what's the latest iPhone? They're just, you know, they're out there in the hills doing their thing. And so not surprisingly, there's a reality TV show for everything. There's a reality show for this. And so, just for fun to get us rolling this morning, I want to show you uh, a trailer of a TV series that kind of highlights this idea, this head for the hills mentality. So, take a look. America's mountains are a natural barrier. Here, man's ambition collides with the ultimate power of nature. Some men seek to live here beyond the bounds of civilization. They fight to survive, battling ruthless predators. Get out of here! And relying on ancient skills to feed, clothe, and sustain their families. I'm just doing the best I can with what I've got, which is the way any mountain man survives. From Alaska's northern range. The drop from here is there's no one else here. It's wild country. To Appalachia's Blue Ridge Mountains. From Maine's Great North Woods. 
This choice of going out into this mountain man life is a dream. To Montana's big sky country. Well, you don't come across many mountain men anymore. I'm a survivor. The last of their kind. To live freedom, live independence. I'll be a mountain man until the day I die. Mountain man, kind of makes you want to see it. I gotta admit, there's there's kind of an appeal to this, you know, being out in the beautiful country area. And but if you're gonna be a mountain man, you gotta know up front, you have to grow a big gnarly beard. That's just a prerequisite. Uh, but you can kind of hear it if you can hear the audio. You can hear some of the things they're saying. You know, like the draw for me is there's no one else out here. You know, there's to be a mountain man. It's a you get freedom, independence, and a choice to live in. And so. There's this desire to, to pull away and just kind of be isolated. And I would say most of us do feel a need to, to get off the grid, so to speak, at times. Maybe go on a vacation or, or be away from your phone and your computer and go on a cruise or something. Uh, but in reality, we aren't made to live in complete isolation, away from everyone, away from relationships. But in our modern societies, even here today, there are ways that we, we tend to find our own modes of seclusion and, and finding those things. An interesting study was done on, on new um, architectural style of homes, revealing that a lot of homes today are, are being built more to promote privacy and seclusion rather than connection, particularly with regards to the front of the house. So it used to be really common, you know, years, maybe decades ago, it would be really common for you just to stroll down your street, you'd see people sitting on their porch, and maybe you'd strike up a conversation, they'd invite you over, give you something cold to drink, and you just pass the time connecting that way. And this, this whole front porch environment is actually one of the reasons I really love Cracker Barrel restaurants. So check out this picture. Here's a picture of Cracker Barrel. Everyone's sitting in the rocking chairs there. After you go to Cracker Barrel, you need to like sit for a little while to let it digest. So that's, that's one advantage. And I'm going to Texas in this week, so I might have a chance to go do all this. But um, There's actually a lawyer from Texas that conducted this, uh, a study, actually, on the, the cultural significance of the American Front Porch. And he said, the American Front Porch represented the ideal of community in America. For the Front Porch existed as a zone between the public and the private. So that area could be shared between the sanctity of the home and the community outside. It was just this overlapping area. It's really interesting to, just to see the way that's developed. And, and, you know, over the years, over decades, societies change and evolve and, and what's normal in culture changes. And, and so it seems in our modern society, things have shifted away from that a little bit. And, and I get it because, you know, sometimes when I get home, I, I may not be thinking about my neighbors. I may be thinking about what I need to be doing that night or I have a busy schedule or things coming up this week. And, and for some of us, if it was a long day in the office and, and a really tough commute home, you know, the idea of connecting with people around you may not be as appealing as uh, getting out there and, and, or just having time by yourself. And, you know, if I, sometimes that when I get home from work, if I see a neighbor outside, I have been tempted, I have to admit, to, you know, throw the car in park and then sneak inside before anybody starts talking to me. Cause, not because I'm trying to be an antisocial, but I may be thinking, I may be overwhelmed, like i got a lot to do tonight or, or um, I just don't have time for an unplanned interaction right now. i got everything so, you know, I, the busyness of life can maybe box us out relationally. And, and any time I have taken the time, though, to 
to maybe chat with a neighbor on the way in and just say, hey, whatever I got going on, I can just wait for a few minutes and just take this time to connect. I always enjoy it. I got neighbors on both sides of me and across the street. And uh, whenever I get into just a casual conversation, I feel like, man, this is, this is what neighboring is supposed to be like. It feels kind of vintage because it doesn't happen all that often. But we ha- it, we just, it's sort of reflective of an internal struggle we have at times where we need community and we long for meaningful refreshing relationships that's just that's just a part of who we are that's fundamentally what we need and even some of those rugged mountain men you know they they long for satisfying relationships with with the kids or their wives or maybe a friend or two another mountain man that they know and uh, we we want community but at the same time uh, there's moments when we're just tempted to duck around the corner and avoid interacting with people and so we ba- we have to balance this and earlier in this series we talked about how this this desire for relationships is hardwired into who we are because we have literally been imprinted off of God's character. God is a very relational, he's a community being, and we're like him, and so we, we can't get away from the fact that we need relationships. And uh, what this means for us is, you know, we've been built for community, but sometimes we have a hard time building it. And so it takes a concerted effort on our parts to, to get out there and connect with people. We have to take initiative to... Uh, get past ourselves and, and build relationships. Uh, one thing this brings the one of the first points this brings us to is that uh, scripturally, um, if you're following along your listening guide, you can um, you can see that God made us to connect with a community beyond ourselves. And so God, he's, He made us to connect with community, and, and this is beyond just ourselves, even beyond just our immediate family. First Corinthians twelve twelve through thirteen talks about. Uh, so let's, let's read this. Paul was writing to a church and he said, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So he's using this analogy uh, about a body. He says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And so the Apostle Paul, when he was writing this letter, he, he's using... This creative imagery, this idea of a, of a human body to uh, help us understand this spiritual reality that we're connected to other people. We're a part of something bigger. We're a part of this community together. And when he refers to the different parts of the body, it's a very creative way to describe, hey, I've got, I've got different body parts. I've got ears and i got feet. And those are two completely different structures with different functions, but I use both every day. <laughs> it's a very important part of getting through my day. And so, same with us. In, in this body that we have together, there's, there's a tremendous amount of diversity. There's different function. But our diversity does not conflict with our overall unity. This diversity actually adds to our strength. By, by being different, we're able to do more, get more done because of the way God has wired us uh, as we work out to do His will. And, and when Paul here is referring to Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, he's highlighting the strongest possible contrast in social life and religious and national life during that time. This is either the ends of the spectrum. So he's saying, as far apart as you can get, the, the Holy Spirit allows us to be unified still. It's, there's incredible unifying power that we have through Jesus. And so when we work together in this hometown community, Jesus doesn't destroy our distinctions. He doesn't make us all homogenous, one kind of person, but he gives us the ability to overcome sharp divisions and antagonism that can exist between us and allows us to function very powerfully together. So if we decide not to head for the hills, we decide, hey, 
I'm going to plug in and I'm going to invest myself in the hometown community of the local church. There's some incredible benefits that we can experience. One of those benefits of being connected is friendships and encouragement. And so it is such a joy in life to have a group of people to do life with. People to celebrate with and people to weep weep together with. And so, you know, on the positive end, I love being able to call up a buddy. You know, we pack up our families, head up to Oak Glen and enjoy the fall season. I did that recently. And, you know, God has given us a lot of things to enjoy in life. You know, like fall weather and apple cider and and good things like that. But all of those joys that we experience in life are so much sweeter when we share them with other people. The joy we experience is multiplied when, when you share those with people beyond just yourself. And so meaningful friendships in life uh, they give us a sense of well-being, and uh, it's, it's a sense you just can't get anywhere else in life. The relationships that exist here in, in the community that, that God has built, it's totally unique. These, these, there's a quality and there's a, a joy here that doesn't exist elsewhere. And, and part of that is because, in addition to the ups in life, there's also downs. There, there's rough patches. There's incredibly diff- difficult things that we walk through. There's things that I know you've walked through, and I've walked through, and there's trouble ahead that you know, we, we can anticipate having trouble. And with meaningful friendships, having people to walk through that stuff with you is incredibly helpful. It's so encouraging to have people to go through those trials, not just the sunny apple orchards and, and the good times, and, but just those rough patches as well. One other benefit that we have from connecting to the local church community is having an extended spiritual family. So, so not just an extended family, but an extended spiritual family. And I know for, for me, my parenting sure has helped when my kids have people to, to reference and look at, look at uh, beyond just me and my wife. And they, they look around, they see other adults following God, they, working hard to figure out how to obey Jesus in everyday life. Because they see, you know, my mom and dad aren't the only crazy ones. Like, there's, there's actually more to it. What we're doing, what we're trying to build our life around by following God is valid. You know, what, what my, when my kids see other adults doing what we're doing, it, it validates what I'm trying to teach them, what I'm trying to instill to them about life um, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so what an advantage for us when our kids are learning from you know, aunts and uncles, so to speak, in, in the hometown community, or, or brothers and sisters that, that are here with us. And, and even, you know, a lot of times that happens with, with my buddies and their wives that are following God, but even if you're single, you have an incredible opportunity to be an aunt or an uncle and make an investment in the kids of others. That is, that is powerful and that's very needed here in our body. So uh, that's one other benefit we can experience. But something else that we see in Scripture about getting involved is that it's a choice for us to stay connected in the church community. So it's one thing for us to, to first off to find a church community and get plugged in, but then to stay connected over the long haul, that, that's a choice and it, and it requires some intentional effort on our part. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 describes this. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So it's, it's interesting to me that this verse even says, you know, don't give up meeting together. Some people are in the habit of that. I, and it just makes you think, you know, well, why did, why did the author even have to say this? And it's because the people that this was directed to were in the habit of, uh, they basically fell out of the habit of, of gathering together to participate in worshiping God. And, and it's going to take work, it's going to take initiative for us to stay engaged here. And so to not show up in church life means missing out on some of the benefits. And, and so uh, Hebrews 10, it gives us some of the benefits of staying connected. One of them is uh, motivation to love and good works. 
And so as I see others giving themselves to good, their example, it, it pulls me in the right direction. You know, there's, there's something that gets sparked in me when I see other godly men choosing to inconvenience themselves for the benefit of others or, or giving up of their time or, or, or paying for things or being sacrificial. That, that inspires me. I, I want to be that kind of man too. And so we, we see other people doing good and it draws us forward. Another benefit is growing in Christ. You know, it's hard enough to get past ourselves and to continue to connect with others on our own. So, you know, for us to take the initiative, that's hard enough. But then we also have an enemy that's working pretty hardly against us to, to make it a battle for us to connect. And so, you know, just in any wartime or, or common battle strategy is to isolate the opposition, cut off supply lines, cut off connection to other troops, and then you can wipe them out. And so this is what our enemy, Satan, tries to do with us. He tries to get us to isolate ourselves, to, to pull back from other resources and the supply, and, and which is for us is getting plugged into the community, and that way he can take us out. And this is, that isolation is not a wise thing for us to do. Uh, Proverbs 18.1, it says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. Meaning, he just, he's, he's just doing what, you know, his instincts. He's doing what he wants to do. But he breaks out against all sound judgment. Like, it's crazy. Why would you, why would you isolate yourself? Is, is basically what this is saying. On Friday night, just this past Friday, we had a men's event. It's called Pizza and Ping Pong. Here's a photo of it. This, was, this is in our church office. We had four tables. We had a great crowd there. About 60 guys came out to play. And uh, this, an event like this is just one of the ways that we try to help people stay engaged. And I was talking to a guest that came to this event. And he was telling me how he wasn't really connected anywhere. Uh, he actually hadn't been to OCC before. But he, was, uh, he came to this event. And, and basically, you know, he was, he was saying, like, I really need to be around other people. I feel like I'm suffocating in life because I just, I need to get this connection. And I was like, I, I'm thinking I know what you're talking about because when I first moved to Riverside, my wife and I were trying to get plugged in. We didn't know anybody. It's hard. It's hard to be without friendships and relationships. And so, you know, he, he even told me, he's like, I'm actually not even that into ping pong. I was like, that's okay. I, that's probably the case for most of the guys here. I mean, we didn't put this event on because like all the men in our church are bonkers about ping pong. Like this is, this is just one of the things we do to, to get guys out. Because the, the insider's tip is that men, in order to connect and build friendships, they need some sort of activity and competition because it, it wouldn't have worked as well if we said, hey, men's friendship night, you know, come on out. And it's like, no, no, that doesn't have the same appeal. It's like pizza, ping pong, see you there. Uh, but, you know, I was talking with this guest and I was, we were just kind of looking at the crowd and I said, hey, look, there's guys here that have been at, at this church for a long time. They're, they're leaders, they're involved. And then there's guys here that I've never seen before. They're brand new. And then there's all, all in between. There's guys at a different level of connecting and plugging in. But all of us men, we need to be around people that are walking with God. We see other guys that have a firm grip on life. Uh, because, you know, we need running partners that will help us grow in Christ, people that we can do life with. And so we are fortified by having a community around us. And, and the enemy, again, he wants to convince us to pull away and, and just be disconnected from one of God's major resources for growth, which is the body. And so we need people to build for the future. We, we need it spiritually for ourselves. We need it for raising our kids, just for life in general. It, it goes against all sound judgment to, to be isolated. So, so we looked at that. We grow by connecting, but then one other significant point is that the church is built up when we serve the common good. So the church itself is built up as we do, as we serve towards the common good. So every Christ follower has a very unique role to play 
within the church. And, and it's remarkable. I, I mean, when I look at this room, I see a lot of people that I've interacted with in small groups or different events. We've worked on teams and projects together. And I know that you have different experiences. You have different wirings and giftings. You're, each person contributes and can contribute in a, in a very unique way. And, and the Apostle Paul, who worked uh, tirelessly at helping leaders, he helped churches, he often encouraged church leaders to figure out, hey, what's your role? What, what has God wired you to do? Play your role well within the church community. And look at his perspective in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. He said, there are, There's varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So what he's saying is that, is that God, in all of his intelligence, in all of God's creativity... He uses people that follow him in different ways and he gives each of us a unique role to play within the community. And, and that's just saying that, hey, we're not all good at the same stuff. You're good at some things, I'm good at some things, and we have these different unique roles to play. And in fact, when he's talking about gifts here, specifically it's referring to spiritual gifts. And when someone decides to make Jesus the boss of their life, they become born again. That's something we talked about in the message last week. At, their, at, a, at a new believer's new birth, God gives each person a spiritual gift or gifts that they're able to use to build the kingdom of God and the church community that they're a part of. So every believer has, has at least one gift or multiple spiritual gifts that God has given. And what a spiritual gift is, just a simple definition, is a special ability. It's a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion. And the purpose is to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. And so, the spiritual gifts that we have, they're, they're not for our own personal use. God doesn't gift us with special abilities to make our, our own lives better. It's meant to build up each other. And so, as we work to further the church and support each other through these gifts, I mean, 1 Peter 4.10, it just says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And, but the, the, only, the only catch is that you've got to be connected to the church body in order to use your gifts. And so, if you disconnect, you miss the joy of seeing God work through you powerfully. It, we get so much joy from, from God being able to use us and us having a, a positive impact on someone else's life. And so, as we work to do our part, God's power is on display. You know, as we're, as we're functioning and using our gifts, it, it causes glory and joy to, to be expressed to God. Like, thank you for using us, Lord, and for giving us these abilities. Because we're just ordinary people. And because of what God does through us, we're able to accomplish something so much more than what we could on our own. And so the result is, is the common good for the whole body and the praise to God who brings a group of people together to accomplish His will. So there, there's some benefits also from serving as, as we really uh, decide, hey, I'm going to be all in and I'm going to invest myself and my time into, into making this church community better and move forward. There's some benefits that we can experience. One of those is growing in faith. And God grows your faith as you extend yourself to work with others within the church. So a lot of times serving, helping out in some way, usually means you've got to wake up earlier or get less sleep. You've got to sacrifice some time or some money. You've got to do something that's inconvenient to you. And usually serving requires, it costs something to us. But as we extend ourselves, our faith grows because we see the way that God uses it. We see the way that God comes through at these key moments. Another benefit is that we receive character growth. And the way that your character grows, is most, it most often happens under pressure. 
So if you if you're a student, you got a lot of tests, a lot of homework, and you're feeling overwhelmed, or if you're at work and there's everything's going wrong, you got big projects, or if if things are just going rough in your family or with your relationships, and things are going hard, and you're under all this pressure and you're feeling it, you're being squeezed. It's a great opportunity for character to grow because as you get squeezed, whatever's on the inside comes out, and people get to see it. So as you know, as you're serving, same happens here. As you serve within the church, and we're working together on hard projects, or, or we're on teams together, and when we're doing things, that pressure causes bad attitudes to come out, or, or character habits that we have that need to be changed, and we have a chance to say, "That's not good. I need the Lord's help to, to change that, or others can see those things as well." So character can grow. Another benefit is sharpened skills. And so when you participate in the community, you can learn transferable skills. So a lot of our members, as, as, as they have invested themselves, they learn things like uh, leadership skills, how to lead and motivate other people or volunteers, how to problem solve, event planning, marketing, all kinds of things that, that you can learn here through the church. They can be applied in the, in the workforce or even in family life or in these diff- other contexts that they can be transferred. Another benefit is examples that challenge. And so as we're active in the community, you're rubbing shoulders with, with other men and women that, that are in service, that are in ministry, and that have gone before you. And you can see their examples, and they, they call you forward, they draw you forward. And then one final benefit is significant living. Overall, we can be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves when, when each part does its own work. Our own ambition is too small, but uh, good people... Good, godly men and women, they want to do something significant with their time. They don't want to waste the hours of their lives. They want to do something big. And so the church is the group working to extend the kingdom of God. And this is eternally significant. So you, you've been hearing about Orange Crest Hole over the past few weeks. And there's this training rally for volunteers you, you may have read about or seen. And the training rally is where we explain the specific goals for the event, what we're trying to accomplish through it. And what are, the, what's the, what are the things that you as a volunteer can do? And how you're going to be uh, serving that night. And we'll pray together, just pumped up and motivated for the event. And here's a photo from Orange Crestville training last year. This is a big group of men and women that are in our church office getting ready, talking about the event, getting ready and planning. And our office is, is over double this size now. But we, we crammed in there like sardines. And uh, when we were, at this time, we were working on this project, we were literally working shoulder to shoulder, <laughs> you know, all crammed in there. And uh, this year, there's already over 100 people signed up to volunteer at Orange Crestival. And, and I, I, you know, the way it works out is if you go to the training rally, that's a Monday night, that's one night of your week, and then the event itself is on Friday, which is another night of the week, that's two nights in one week that you could be doing something else. You could be, you know, relaxing at home or catching up on Netflix or those things. But, you know, like... Godly men and women say, I don't, you know, there's time later for Netflix. I want to do something significant. I want to be a part of something that's big and that's worthwhile, that's reaching out, that's benefiting other people. I want to do something significant with my time. And so, this is one of the benefits that we get from being invested in serving in the local church in different ways. So, in this message, we've looked at three core ideas relating to connection. And first is our need to connect. Second is the importance of staying connected over the long run. And then finally, using our energy and our gifts to build up the community. Occasionally, I may be at an airport or a mall. I'll be in a situation where I don't really know where to go. And so I've got to go to one of those maps. And it says, you are here and you figure out, I need to get to someplace, you know, I need to get to Concourse C, where the next Starbucks is, in the airport. And I've got to figure out where to go. So here's an example. Here's a map. This is, I believe, a subway map. It says, you are here and you figure out where your stop is and where you're trying to go. 
So it's a reference point. And so as I wrap up this morning, I just want to give you a map of sorts to think through, uh, help you figure out where you are at the moment so you can figure out where you want to get to. So for example, one of the stops may be, uh, maybe you're brand new to Orange Cross Community Church and you come sporadically, or this is the first time, you may think, uh, maybe your next move ahead may be, I'm going to decide to come every, you know, every week this month or maybe every other week for a period of time. Because it's hard to get involved in the community when you're just not around it. So that could be one first step. Uh, maybe you're in a place where you've been coming regularly, but you're not involved yet. So maybe it's time to begin to step up and serve and, and use your energy and your gifting within the church. You can even actually get some more information about volunteering on the connection card by marking that box. Or you can learn about membership and come to the OCC preview and get invested that way. Another stop may be you've been coming for a while and you're involved but you still kind of feel disconnected. Uh, maybe it may be time to take initiative to talk to somebody and, and take that first step towards meeting someone because we have a tendency to wait for people to come to us. Maybe it's time to take that first step and, and try to meet someone else. Maybe you're in a place where you're super involved, but you feel burned out from all of that. And maybe you need to let someone know that you're drowning or feeling overwhelmed or involved in a lot of different ministries here. Uh, maybe you're just wrapped up in the tasks and you need to slow down and remember who it is that you're really serving, and why. What, you, know, you can ask yourself, how does this load that I'm carrying move God's purpose forward? And, and, or even think through, who can I talk to this week, a leader that I could talk to, to to get some input on that. Or maybe one of the stops is you've been here for a long time, and you're a leader here, but uh, maybe the next step maybe to think through, hey, how can I invest myself more deeply in, in those that, are, that I'm leading, the followers under me? How can I consider making an investment in their development? The good news is, wherever we are, we have an opportunity to take a next step. We can take a step forward. We can keep growing. And so I encourage you to think through that, you know, where am I and where do I need to be? In fact, on your, at the bottom of your listening guide, that's one of the next steps that you could take in response to this message is just identify where I'm at. There's some blank lines there that you may think through a specific uh, course of action you may do in response. Well, would you take a moment with me now to pray as we wrap up the message this morning? Thank you, Father God, for this incredible structure, this the church community that we have to be a part of, and that it brings so much joy. It, it, can bring, it has the potential to bring so much refreshment to our life, and you provide the resources that we need for growth and for life, and uh, we can't escape it. You've made us, you know, you, you've hardwired this desire for relationships and community within us, and we can't escape that. So I thank you for providing what we need, and I thank you, Lord, that we can do something valuable with our time by being involved here. Thank you that we can make an impact on, on other people, an internal impact through your kingdom, Lord. So I thank you for using us and for allowing us to uh, be a part of what you're already doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.